Hi there, fellow Wisconsinites. Are you tired of feeling stuck in an unhealthy habit? Well, guess what? In this podcast, we're going to break down the science behind our daily routines and how we can use it to create positive change in our lives. Trust me, you don't want to miss out on this. So get ready to say goodbye to those bad habits and hello to a healthier you. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Help is just a click away with Shoreside Therapy's free 15-minute consultation. At Shoreside Therapies, they understand that seeking therapy can be a difficult decision, but taking that first step is crucial to your mental health journey. That's why they offer personalized therapy services that combine evidence-based techniques with genuine care and understanding. They provide various solutions to make the therapy process more accessible, including virtual appointments and assistance with insurance benefits. Their team of licensed therapists is dedicated to helping you build resilience and confidence, while at the same time navigating life's challenges. Join Shoreside Therapies on your journey to finding inner peace and happiness. Go to shoresidetherapies.com for a free 15-minute consultation and discover the benefits of counseling. At Shoreside Therapies, you are never alone. Again, shoresidetherapies.com and schedule your free consultation right online. I'm Lori Grow, your host, mental health therapist, and practice owner. Each month, we showcase a central theme and provide weekly practical hacks, inspiring interviews, and valuable advice from wellness professionals. Our aim is to help streamline your wellness and mental health journey. All right, let's get started. I hope you enjoy the show. I really excited today to talk about habits because in all honesty, it's legit one of my favorite topics to talk about. Reason being is that I feel like it goes into almost every single part of our lives when we talk about habits. So today I'm going to share this with you all and we're going to go through the power of tiny habits. Understanding the science of habits. All right, so this is basically the introduction to habits and how we really find how habits work and how they affect us. Habits are basically, in a nutshell, the way that we learn. It is an automatic system that takes over so that we don't have to think. So anytime that you are doing something throughout the day where you don't have to think and you're doing it anyways, that's a habit. And if you're brushing your teeth, that's a habit. If you're driving, that's pretty much a habit besides okay, I got to pay attention to where I'm going. But all of the stuff related to driving, you don't have to think about very much. Um, Let's see, what else? We could talk about riding a bike, also a habit. Walking, technically, that's a habit because we have learned that that gives us a lot of reward to do that. And we do it automatically. So habits are behaviors that we do repeatedly It's often without conscious thought from brushing our teeth in the morning to driving our car to work. Our brains are 
essentially wired to seek out patterns and routines. The reason is because it makes us our life so much easier. If this did not occur, we wouldn't be able to drive and eat a Big Mac at the same time. We wouldn't be able to walk and listen to an audiobook at the same time. We wouldn't be able to scroll through TikTok videos and listen at the same time. Well, that we actually cannot do, but I'd be very interested if at some point we're able to do that. Most of the time you can't do a habit that's the same uh, sensory. The real thing I want you to do here is to pay attention to things you can eliminate, thereby making your life a bit more automatic in the things that don't concern you as much. Do you need to make a decision about which toothbrush to use in the morning? No, because it's there. If you live in my house, then I think that is what goes on because my son steals my toothbrush all the time. But for the majority of people, they're not just saying, I'm going to use this toothbrush. They're going to use the same one. They're not going to have to think about it. All right. Here's your action item. Again, write down those activities, those daily decisions that you make and see if you can eliminate a decision. That's your big homework. All right. Next, I'm going to talk to you about a habit loop. And this goes back into the automatic thought process that we have. A habit loop, and you can read literally any book on habits and get this information if you'd like. I have a few recommendations I can give you at the end. However, what I want you to pay attention to is this four-step response. You have the cue. So what's a cue? A cue is something that's activating us. It could be, people would maybe say it's a trigger. You could say, what's the situation that activated you in this situation, right? Like, there's something that says, huh? <laughs> Here we go. And then after that, we have the craving. The craving is a desire. I want you to really think about our typical desires that we have and try to tell yourself, don't desire that, right? Almost impossible. It's, you can, you can, it's not going to feel good to say, I'm not going to move towards that desire. I shouldn't say it's almost impossible. People have some self-control when it comes to desires and cravings and all of that. But all in all, the reality is that it's really challenging. So please, please, please do not be hard on yourself if this portion is difficult. It's meant to be difficult because that is the whole process of being human. Then we go into the response. So I have a cue, something that says, hey, here's something, and that activates my craving. And then I respond to that craving, and then I get the reward. So using an example of myself, I wake up tired. That's my cue. Wake up. My son has to get up super early now. Not a fan. I went from getting over eight hours a day to not getting quite that amount. So this is actually a pretty good topic because I'll have to work on my, I'm going to have to work on that habit for sure, what I'm doing there. But the cue is waking up tired. Then I have the craving, which is a desire to feel awake. I want to be, my truest desire is to go back to bed, but I'm going to be awake because I need to be awake for my son and for everything else going on. But that desire to feel awake kind of signals to me that my response should be coffee. That's going to get me there. I'm going to feel alert. I'm going to feel awake. I'm going to feel focused. 
That's my reward. So sure enough, every single day, I'm going to continue to do that, right? That's the habit loop. When we are looking at that habit loop, I want you to, this is like going to be our first major thing that I want you to do. This part is all about becoming more and more aware of our habit loops. So imagine we disrupt that cue. We wake up tired. If we disrupt that cue, what would that mean? That would mean we would actually get enough sleep. That would be amazing. We Let's get some more sleep. Then we get rid of that cue. However, if the cue is the smell of coffee, getting enough sleep isn't really going to stop that cue because the cue would be smell of coffee. And so that's where, where we have to kind of pay attention to what's the thing that's actually our cue. Do we have multiple cues? That's very possible. If I wake up tired and I smell coffee, I'm a hundred percent having coffee. If I wake up tired, I might immediately run to get coffee. I might let the dog out first. I might, you know, do some other things. Most likely though, to be honest, I'm going to get that coffee as soon as humanly possible. Knowing your cue means you know you can do a disruption there, potentially. Next is the craving, right? The desire to feel alert. So we can disrupt that craving by being centered and mindful and letting it pass. Here's the craving. Where am I noticing it? My whole face, maybe my glands, and I'm salivating. I could be salivating for the coffee. Maybe I might be salivating right now for the coffee. And then you let it pass. Typically, that lasts about five minutes for most people, but the reality is it can last all day long, depending. Like, for instance, if you're tired all day long and that's your cue to drink coffee, guess what? You're going to have that cue again and again. So that's why sometimes people need that 2 p.m. cup of coffee. Let me be clear. There's a lot of reasons you might need that 2 p.m. cup of coffee, but that is one thing just to notice is that if the cue is being tired and that's the craving and then that's the action that's going to continue then at that point as well. So that's a great way to disrupt the craving. More power to you if that works for you. I think that's great. I think the more that you can do that, the better because you're not, you're then just noticing the craving. You're not moving towards getting rid of the craving or satiating the craving. The other thing we can do is distract. I think distraction can be wonderful and I think we need to use it when we can. Distraction is not the solution to everything. So distracting yourself when you are feeling some intense emotions or something you need to do, not maybe as great of a technique. However, sometimes distraction is necessary so that you aren't in that feeling all day long. So it's not a negative thing. It's just figuring out how you can use it to your benefit. So distracting yourself, let's just use one of the most effective forms of distraction. Let's say it's our phone. So let's say we wake up, we're tired. We did not disrupt the tired cue. We are tired. We're at the craving now. And I'm going to distract myself because I'm not going to have my coffee. I'm going to distract myself and I'm going to be on my phone. That actually might work. It's not the best because now you might be just going to be on your phone for like eight hours. I don't know, but you can use a distraction technique to disrupt that craving. 
And then the next one you could do would be self-talk. So that could be encouragement. It could be saying something like, I know this is hard, but you're going to get through this. Got this. Any of those positive self-talk statements that we could use, we could challenge ourselves like you're not going to die from not having coffee. It feels like it, but you're not going to. That could help last then would be the coffee. So you can disrupt it by exchanging it with something else. You could use another drug. I can't recommend that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, you know, you could have like a diet Coke. Again, it's not great, but you could do that for a while and that could make it a bit easier because it's not going to have the same amount of caffeine, but it will, you know, you could use it as a way to wean yourself off depending on how much coffee you're drinking because of there is the legitimate rebound and withdrawals from coffee. You could exchange it with a run. I'm not doing that. Not at 5.45 in the morning. However, a run would be actually a pretty solid exchange because it would give you a reward of feeling alert, right? It would do that. What it might not do, it might be too much friction. It might be too hard to do that in the morning. However, if you run anyways, you could just kind of go into that because then it is would make sense to do that. Like, okay, I normally have my coffee, then run, but actually I'm going to just go to the run and feel all the good feelings after a run. Next one, you might be hearing about this quite often, doing like a cold plunge or an ice bath of some sort. And You know, there are obviously there's a lot to be studied on this, but there is a lot of information coming out now on how it could be really useful for ADHD, how it could be useful for depression, and how we get a lot of positive dopamine and a lot of positive chemicals released in our body when we do a cold plunge. Not going to get into that right now. However, that could be something you could exchange it for. Now that to me would also not be great. I might even run first. I mean, it depends. I'm going to probably try to do the cold plunge just to see what all the fuss is about. You could do what Mal Robbins talks about. I think in her, one of her books was, is putting your arm in cold water in the shower. And that also helps to make you alert. So that wakes you up, that helps, that could be an easy alternative, right? Another thing you could do is exchange it for, I said Diet Coke, right? A little bit less caffeine, but most people, if they're going to look for something healthier that they're going to exchange it for, you want it to be a little bit similar. Maybe it would be tea, uh, matcha is a lot of times what people exchange it for, and that's how you disrupt it. So I'm going to leave you here today with that assignment to write down all of those things, all those habits that you have right now, write them down, use them. Use that as information to get to know yourself better. Use that so that you can start to create better habits. And we are gonna have another portion to this. And I look forward to talking to you then. Take care and have a great day.